This is Wrestlewolf. I am Damien Gibson, and uh, joining me, I think we could safely say, as always now, is the mystery, the enigma. It's Matthew. I feel like I've been called up, and it's like that. I used to have a surname, and they're like, "Nah, that's no. You're just you're just Matt now. Sorry." <laughs> it's a very WWE trope. It's actually my surname. Um, so <laughs> anyway, that's not a good joke because. Yeah, they're, they're... <laughs> That. It took me a couple of seconds to, to get it. <laughs> anyway. I was like, oh, oh, right, 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 right. But anyway, we're not here to talk about WWE or a sloppy shop, as we'll get to later on in the um, in the program. Mm. We're here to talk about part AEW Fighter Fest 2020, part one. And I've decided that I, I would, um, if my name's just going to be Matt, uh, that I'm going to go by Rock Hard Matt. Uh, which is uh we need to run these things past each other before <laughs> before we just announce them on the podcast it's the uh, the most confronting nickname <laughs> i've ever heard and already i like i know i'm skipping ahead quite a lot here but my god just a bit of, a bit of sizzle for later mm-hmm. um yeah no <laughs> i just for clarity for the audience i was um with my job i'm working from home and we're in lockdown well i'm in lockdown um matthew is lucky enough to live in an area of melbourne that isn't locked down but there's a whole other thing um and usually the sort of last i really hope no one from my work listens this but usually the last couple of hours of the day i can at least have the wrestling on in the background and get a fairly good idea of what was happening and for some reason, the, today we were just super busy at a time where we're where we're not. So I, I have watched it, and I, I do know what happened. But there might be a few instances where I'm like, "What happened?" So you might have to fill in those gaps for me. I'm sorry. Man. That's okay. I'm more than willing to do that. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get to the start of the show. So we started off with, um, well, actually, we started off with Chris Jericho coming out and getting his own entrance for commentary. Um, wearing the most amazing Canada Day blazer I've ever seen <laughs> in my life. And you are an like... aficionado of Canada Day blazers, so that really is saying well, something. I did work I did work at Melbourne's uh, premier poutine restaurant for almost two years, so oh. yeah, I know a little <laughs> bit about Canada. <laughs> and when I say a little bit, like actually a little bit, not much at all. Like we had two Canada Days. Uh, I don't even know what it's on the first of July. Is that right? Uh, yes. <laughs> anyway, uh, Jericho hit the uh, he hit the commentary hot, man. He was he, he was uh, really into it. He yeah was by far the best commentator there, um, as he always is when he does it, and. Really, it mm. should just be him and Excalibur doing it when he does it because it's just fantastic. Yeah, and I I feel like Jericho's fishing for that because he keeps, like, you know, Shivoni and uh, Oskiavone <laughs> and JR, you know, they're big enough and old enough to know how to hold their own with someone like Jericho. And, you know, like they've worked with Jerry and Bobby the Brain and, and people like that. Mm. It feels like when Jericho sort of comes out hot like that, the Excalibur gets quite quiet and you can hear Jericho sort of trying to drag him back into 
Yeah, that's the, a good point. The limelight, you know, like, you know, the yeah, stupid mask, <laughs> Excalibur, like all that kind of pantomime heel stuff. But it's bit like, I feel like for me, it's building a relationship between the two of them of like, you know, Jericho, for whatever reason, <laughs> probably because he's a good guy, doesn't like Excalibur. Yeah. It's it's I, I I just think it's fantastic. I think like when he's on commentary, he hits the perfect uh, sort of line between putting over people, being entertaining. He's actually funny and not wrestling funny, which I think we've talked about before. Where like yeah, you know, wrestling funny can often be enormously embarrassing, and like the bits where you're like, oh my god, if anyone I know sees this, they're going to be like. I respect this Matt less for watching wrestling. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? There's, when you have that feeling on your own, it's, <laughs> you, it's the loneliest. It's the lonely, lonely. Why can't I say loneliest? Oh, I just said it. There you go. Uh, <laughs> um, it's been a long day. I've, I've been a good struggle to speak. Uh, anyway, kicking off the show tonight, we had Jurassic Express. Um, which is Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, with Marco Stunts versus MJF and Wardlow. In a sort of continuing storyline, they seem to be sort of having these two teams, question mark, mm. uh, go at each other, which I think will eventually turn into a longer Jungle Boy-MJF feud. Um, this match I quite enjoyed it but most uh, uh, the parts that i most enjoyed were luchasaurus and wardlow for the second week in a row yeah i was i was really surprised by how much i enjoyed watching them just go at it like i I thought the match itself was sort of you know it was it was a really good opening match um Hmm. i thought the like anything any opportunity for mjf to speak is good and yeah. and like that really made the match for me. Like the opening promo, I thought um, Jungle Boy was fantastic. Um, but yeah, I think just mm. Wardlow and Luchasaurus are legitimately big human beings, and AEW is not really built around legitimately big human beings. No. So I think watching them just hit each other sort of like was cathartic. What did you um, What did you think of MJF's? Green velvet uh, dressing gown. Loved it. it, it yeah, vel- me too. Velvet. I mean, velvet. Uh, <laughs> I have a different opinion about something velvet later in the show, but uh, I thought it was great. Okay. I thought it was really good. Yeah, they really went hard on it. Like Jericho <laughs> and JR. Like they really were like, that's the most hideous thing I've ever seen. Like I think Jericho was like worst ring attire, best promo I've seen in a while. <laughs> like. Okay, that's pretty harsh. Um, we kind of we had spots here where all four guys were knocked out at the same time. A lot of sort of, you know, double clotheslines and things like that to really sort of accentuate a real sort of knockdown, drag them out kind of match. But I didn't, I didn't get that a hundred percent from it. Like you say, like I think it was a good match, but I wasn't. I didn't really pick up what they were putting down, if that yeah makes sense. Yes, it absolutely does. Um, but I feel like we're going to get more of this. I don't know if I'm that into it. I think I would be into a Jungle Boy MJF. I don't know. I don't know. 
Tony Khan's hasn't really let me down in a, in a year, so you got to yeah, you got to trust. I, I trust him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, we had a bit of a scuffle uh, between the bad boy. Um, I feel like Joey Janela should just drop that. Oh, please. It's, it's so yeah. creepy. It makes you feel so, like, I don't know, it makes me feel uncomfortable when he says it. Yeah, because I feel like bad boy is only ever said in a sexual... It's, it's got, you know what I mean? It's got the STDs like, about it, and Joey Janela has the STDs about him, so, like... <laughs> he does kind of look like a walking STD. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I really like him, but you know, that's if if you had broken up with a girl and then she slept with someone like Joey Janella and then was like, "Oh, I have chlamydia," <laughs> I, you wouldn't be surprised, you know. And if we named these episodes, we would have the name for the episode. Um. <laughs> what walking STD? That's right. That's... Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, anyway, that was to basically sort of. You know, just remind you that there's two halves to this pay-per-view. Um, and uh, next week, they'll be fighting at Dynamite uh, Fighter Fest Night 2. Um, I don't know. Are we into this? This is, I, 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 I don't have anything really negative to say about tonight, but I wasn't also blown away by a lot. Yeah, that's either. exactly how I felt. I was. <clears throat> I thought that they particularly in the context of, you know, going up against the Great American Bash, I guess. Mm. Um, I was surprised. <laughs> well, <yeah>, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to let them desecrate WCW. Um, but uh, no, no. Uh, it was it was whelming. It wasn't under or overwhelming. It was just whelming. Hmm. Hmm. And that's a, that's a word that doesn't get used enough. Well, I don't think it even um, means what I used in the context. So. <laughs> well, it does now. We'll we'll fli- like we'll just fit it into the wrestling lexicon somehow. Excellent. Um, next up, we had the AEW's uh, World Championship match of Hikaru Shida. I love saying that. I don't know if you guys have noticed. Uh, defending against the super bad girl uh, Penelope Ford uh, with super bad Kip Sabian. Um, Everyone's got to have a nickname. No one's just. This is AEW, the complete opposite of WWE, that everyone's name, (laughs) you know, has like seven parts to it. And then, you know, over at the competition, it's just like, you know, it's Chris. (laughs) (laughs) Look out. Because John's coming for you. Yeah, John's coming. Um,. What happened in this match? This was, uh, this was an, for me, it felt like another big push for Penelope Ford uh, in the sense of like, hey, like Hikaru Shida is like, she's a fighting champion. And, uh, you know, she was not just good here. She was good in Japan. But Penelope Ford is like pretty good. I, um, um, I think That's what I felt like the story was of this match. I think last week I said that I wasn't, that into Penelope Ford's wrestling, and I want to be very clear about the wrestling part of that. Um, yep. But uh, I, I thought this should have been the main event. I think this like absolutely over delivered. I enjoyed it massively, and Penelope mm. Ford sold that running knee like, like she was Kenny Omega. Like it yeah. looked so brutal. Um, it was awesome. I really enjoyed this match. Yeah, so did I. I actually. 
would probably put it as the match of the night. Yep. Um, you know, for pure wrestling. Um, and Penelope Ford's, I, I don't know what it's called. I don't want to call it Matrix Swerve, <laughs> but I can't think of anything else. Uh, the only other person I've ever seen do that is Liv Morgan at the uh, competition. That sort of like, what would you call it? Like, turn yourself into a human workbench. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it's called. It's it's yeah. It's essentially what Neo does. It's what it, Keanu Reeves does in The Matrix, isn't <laughs> But in real life, mm. um, that really got like I was really enjoying the match. But when that happened, because. Penelope Ford stood there for a bit and I was like, oh, God, that looks really bad. Like she was standing in the ring just watching Hickory like climb up the rope slowly. Like why would you just stand? Like in my head, I'm like, why would you just stand there like that? Mm. And then she did that and I was like, oh, well, that's why she would do that because, you know, it gave her a competitive advantage in the match. It actually, I love that. I really love that. Mm. Um. But Sheeta wins, and I don't have any problem with any of this. Like, I think it it makes Sheeta look stronger because she beat a, a really strong opponent. Uh, Penelope Ford has moved into the top bracket of uh, talent in the women's division, mm. you know. And uh, you got a couple of Kip Sabian moments, wacky Kip Sabian moments. And you could sort of, which I'm sure you would have been happy oh, with. <laughs> I was, I was absolutely stoked. But, I, but I think once you know, once Britt Baker beats Sheeta, um, which I think probably is going to happen at some point after the big swell mm. thing's done, after the injury and the big swell thing is done. Um, yeah, like Britt Baker is a sort of anti-hero versus Penelope Ford as this sort of really arrogant, you know, sort of shitty person who thinks they're super bad. Um, <laughs> is cool. Like that would be a cool, yeah, match. Um, I don't know if they need someone else in there to sort of do the the sort of harder work. Um, because obviously you know, yeah, maybe, but maybe not. Like I, I think you know, not every match has to be a five star Tokyo Dome classic. No, but I think Penelope Ford showed that she's capable. Yeah, she's this good. evening, she's you good, know, man. on a big stage, so. Um, yeah, I like her. Um, I, I don't know if you notice and and I'm not going to get on my JR (laughs) soapbox today. I'm not, I'm really not. Um, I've got more important things to worry about than JR's pervo meter, (laughs) but I just thought like on the pervo meter, we've got to a two, two and a half in the video package beforehand where they were talking up, uh, (laughs) the talking up Sheeta and then it cuts to JR and he's like, uh, she catches your eye. And not just because she's a beautiful woman. It's like, oh, god damn it. Like, I know that's not the worst thing he said about Penelope, but it's just, it's also like he's, his face, you know, moves in a way when he says stuff about Penelope Ford where I'm like, ugh. It's none of it's good. I, I don't no, it, it makes me feel so dirty, even just like repeating it. Yeah. I, um, I can't imagine. Like, I, I, can't imagine that it would make her feel very comfortable no no i mean in like in all joking aside like it's gross and we could 
take I, you could almost take the bad boy moniker off Joey Janela and give it to Jim Ross, <laughs> and it would make it would make more sense to me. You know if what I mean? Jim Ross like, was playing a seventy <laughs> year old old wrestling lech called the bad boy Jim Ross, it might actually save him. We need. We talked about this. Was it last week or the week before? I can't remember. But we ne- he needs to be turned heel. Mm. Need to have a heel commentator like Eric Bischoff, NWO mm. kind of thing, uh, and get him to join the inner circle and have him do stuff with oh, Jericho. It'd be great. That would be so good. This is this <laughs> is my my eventual goal is that the inner circle splits off into two separate groups, and there's the inner circle B team. And then there's and then then the uh, inner circle, and then there's the inner circle wolf pack, and like it's just anyway. I was just about to say that. I was just about to say inner circle black and white, and inner circle wolf pack. Uh, next up, we had, and I feel like this is where the majority of the strong opinion is going to come from. Uh, we had the AWTNT Championship match uh, with the American Nightmare Cody. Uh, with Arn Anderson defending against the inner circles, Jake Hager right. with Catalina Mixer Hager. Please uh, let me uh, correct you. The inner circles rock hard, Jake Hager. <laughs> the floor is yours, Matthew. I can't believe that this is the nickname. <laughs> um, I, I don't, I'm not going to go into it because I don't need to. It is objectively bad, much like everything else to do with Jake Hager, including this match and this finish and the idea that it might lead to more. And, like, I'm totally cool with Cody turning heel and being this entitled little shit. I'm Mm. not cool with it, like, turning Jake Hager into a face at the same time. Please, not rock hard Jake Hager. (laughs) No, absolutely not. Um, I think the only saving grace with this is him knocking out the referee at the end of the match will mean that he will get suspended, right? Oh my god, please. I just Surely. like I No, I just want him to be gone. Like I need him to be not there. Yeah. No, I I, I 100% agree. I, when he came out to the ring uh this evening, there was a moment where he came out and did that sort of, you know, arm spread eagle and bounce off the rope sort of thing that most wrestlers do now. And I just found myself having the exact same feelings that I was having when he was in the sort of United States title picture at the competition like five, six years ago. Mm. And it was always, it always seemed to be him versus Alberto Del Rio. <laughs> and whenever that happened, that's when I went and made a toasty mm. or, you know, like, uh, and I just, I had been, I'd stuck, I was with Hager so far, you know, his role in the inner circle. I'd, I kind of quite enjoyed it, but it is that thing of like, as soon as he gets out in the ring, it's dull. No more Jake Hager matches. He's not Kurt Angle. Like, yes, he may be a great amateur wrestler and a fine junior UFC, uh, whatever it's called. Um, yeah. Like it's just an, enough, enough of him. fighting guy. He's a fighting yeah, guy. Yeah, enough of him wrestling matches, please. Because like I didn't want to watch this, and like I like Cody. Mm. I I just didn't want to watch it. Yeah, I I've got to agree with you, man. This was the pretty much the low point of the 
off the card for me as far as actual wrestling was concerned. I did kind of enjoy Arn getting his nose in a little bit. Yeah. Um, uh, doing a bit more sort of managerial, like 80s managerial, like look over there or, you know, sort of stuff. Um, but that was the only, only highlight in a really, really dull 10 minutes or so. Yeah, it's like Cody, you can tell like he's he's obviously really, really good in the ring because like he was doing all kinds of things that I was like, oh, that I was like, oh I'm interested in what Cody's doing. But then yeah. I saw who he was doing it against and I was like, I don't care. <laughs> let it be over. I know, right. It's it's um and this is where, you know, it's matches like this where you see, you know, the WWE fanboys who just, you know, talk about AEW being like a you know, the the fourth WWE show, mm. like as a smart ass comment. And you watch a match like this and you're like, huh. You know, like, yeah, like, <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying it's like main event level match. It's It was better than that. Hmm. But, um, yeah, I think maybe Cody's pyro was the, the thing that I enjoyed the most. Well, I think like Cody's probably the most dependable sort of big match wrestler in either major promotion. To have like oh, an emotional, sure. yeah. you know, interesting, yeah. and this just wasn't that. This was sort of out of nowhere. The build-up sucked. It sucked. Yeah. yeah. Well, this this felt like it was on the. Com- it felt like it was on the competition. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like this felt like this felt like halfway through the second hour of Raw, kind of match where you're like, oh god, how long have I been watching this for? Mm. And I haven't had that feeling very often with AEW, so it was. It's definitely a Jake Hager problem. Yeah, agreed. Um, <laughs> so next up, we had uh, the new Stone Cold Steve Austin, Orange Cassidy uh, come out uh, onto the stage. And uh, <laughs> and um, I'm just going to keep pushing Orange Cassidy to see how far I get before you break and go, oh, come on, man. When Jesus returned surprisingly and sat on the stage staring at Chris Jericho. Uh. <laughs> well, that's pretty much where I'm at with Orange Cassidy. I love him more and more every week. I didn't even think it was possible. I loved how he had the blood on his shirt from the week before just to show how much of a hard man he is. Um, and this was real. This was the kind of stuff that I was excited about with an Orange Cassidy Jericho um, program, mm. where Cassidy didn't. He's playing his part really well, but it was all Chris, you know, like just constantly, like, yeah, you're so freaking me out at all. Like, well, you're gonna come over in here and try and play mind games with me? Well, that's not gonna work. That's not, that's not working at all. I'm not worried about you at all. Uh, kind of stuff. And just watching Jericho, yeah, freak out the way he did was fantastic. <laughs> yeah, and uh, the separation later on, where like <laughs> Orange Cassidy kicking the chair over so nonchalantly, getting Jericho so worked up, like that made me laugh. <laughs> and then the immediate like ten people who came down, and nine of them went to Chris Jericho. And then Pineapple Pete kind of just put his hand <laughs> on Orange Cassidy's shoulder. That made me laugh. And then 
yeah, all of this was great, man. And then Jericho just like screaming, just like just like a banshee, like, I want you, Cassidy, I want you. <laughs> just so over the top, so ridiculous, just perfect. It was it got me back into the swing of things because I was so like blah after the you know after the Hager bomb that we were hit with <laughs> the um in the match before that this really was like oh yeah this is why I love this company and and loved it and I can't wait to see more of it yes uh next week um I'll be interested to see what you think about the next match because uh well it was interesting I think <laughs> um uh the next match was private party um, which is Mark Quinn and Isaiah, Isaiah Cassidy, accompanied by Matt Hardy uh, versus Santana and Ortiz, of course, of the Inner Circle. Um, you were you sent me a message, well, I assume you were watching it this morning, about Matt Hardy. Do you want to tell me? We're dressing yeah. like Michael Hayes dressed when, it, like, yeah. it, just, it looks uncomfortable to see a forty-year-old man in a velvet, like, tight shirt and a studded leather <laughs> yeah. belt and like raver pants. And like know. you, you obviously uh, suggested that that was the point, and it was a reference, uh, which means I got the reference. Yeah, no. Well, I just uh, I wasn't being a smartass. I just uh, the because they had mentioned it on commentary a couple of times. That that's all I meant. Mm. That they'd sort of gone, oh, you know, Matt Hardy had been. Um, I don't need, I don't think they mentioned Michael Hayes's name, but they definitely were insinuating. You know that Matt Hardy was doing what Michael Hayes had done for him and Jeff. Uh, okay, I'm, I must have completely missed that. I thought like the match itself was um was pretty good. Yeah. Private party are really good. Their yeah, new, they are. Their new song is so much better than the uh This is a private party and you are all invited song. Um that <laughs> 100%. song was, That song sucked so much. Where do we think um that sounded so passive aggressive and work meeting. <laughs> Where do we think, you know, um, what do you think is going on with Santana and Ortiz as far as just where they're at in the zeitgeist of the average AEW fan? Do you think they're seen as like, because the inner circle's fallen apart a little bit because of Sammy not being around and mm. um, everyone's sort of got their own feud happening at the moment. Do we, like do, do you think, do you see them as being like top guys in that division at some point? Uh, no, I guess I don't. Yeah, me either. And I was kind of hit by that watching this match where I was like, these guys are good. They're solid. I don't dislike them. I like them. Like when they're on, when they appear, I'm like, oh, cool. Um, But I don't see them, you know, I don't see them taking over the tag team division or even one of them. Going off and being a a single star, you know. Yeah, I I, I was I I felt very similarly, and I I never doubted that Private Party were going to win. Um, mm. which is yeah. not a great sign. Yeah, well, I just I think this 
I don't know what this storyline is. I, don't, I I assume that somehow it'll revert its it'll wind its way to Matt Hardy and Jericho. Yes, I'd imagine so. At some point, but I don't see that happening anytime soon, especially when Cassidy and Jericho is just liquid gold. Like yeah. why you would stop that you know, program anytime soon. So it kind of leaves everyone else floundering a little bit, I think, especially um, Santana and Ortiz through no real fault of their own, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, But uh, I don't, yeah, I don't really have much to say about this match. Um, No, either do I. I. It's sort of, I actually forgot it. I I didn't take notes this time and I, I forgot it happened. Yeah. Um, I thought you were skipping over my favourite part of the show um, to get to the main event. So, yeah, that's not a good sign. Well, what was your your favourite part of the show? Uh, Taz and Brian Cage. Oh, no, I've got that next. Exactly. That's I thought you were skipping (laughs) that part and I was like, hold on. No, 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 not at all. I wouldn't. Look, we've got to get five minutes of you doing your Taz type promo about how Brian Cage is going to rip John Moxley to shreds. Well, um, Taz said it best. The only note I did take was uh, yeah. Taz threatening that. So we're waiting. We're, we're officially moving on from private party. Yeah. hundred percent. Right. Uh, Taz uh, <laughs> saying that Cage will beat your brains in and take that championship from your dumb ass. <laughs> I was like, fantastic. Because, like, when he came out and cut the particular promo, I'm like, ooh, I don't know if, like, bringing, like, coronavirus into uh, and, like, John Moxley being a little bit sensible about it. Um, which mm. also, to be fair, doesn't, like, I, I know that, like, everyone knows that obviously his wife has coronavirus and, you know, making up some, you know, oh, well, John Moxley hurt his back when Brian Cage threw him into the car or whatever. Mm. But also, like, given John Moxley's character is like, oh, you know, I started to like him when he threw me into a car and, like, you know, being all anarchy and stuff. And it's like, but he's just really concerned about public health as well. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Like, it doesn't quite fit the character. Um, And, like, and Taz is... The heel, I guess, for some people, for idiots, Taz is the heel. Um, <laughs> and so, like, him talking... It's very obvious that Taz and Brian Cage are the heels, man. No, they're not. They're, as, as the, I... I was sitting there and I'm like, it was uncomfortable for me to see what is obviously, you know, a big baby face um, <laughs> talking about <laughs> someone being cautious about COVID-19. Um <laughs> But then, <laughs> yeah, like the, you know, we don't run a sloppy shop, all that kind of stuff. And uh, saying that, so good. you know, Moxley does like his, you've been tested twice. You don't have coronavirus. You've just got a case of the chicken shits. Like, yeah, it was Great. spectacular. Um, and also the, I think it was beforehand, the Taz explanation of Moxley's finisher and saying that he won't be able to do it to Brian Cage because his neck muscles. Oh, yes. No, I have actually made a note of that, of like, essentially, hey, Brian Cage is so roided up, you're not going to be able to do your finisher on 
on this man because he's too big. He's too abnormally big <laughs> that you won't be able to wrestle him. Like you just won't. They've got to. So, they've got to let Brian Cage just kill Moxley. They've got to. <laughs> Look, I'm starting to come round to your way of thinking because I think it would be more fun. Well, like, it- but also like you, he's like their big. You know, like just from a business standpoint, he's like their big signing, right? Like, the, it would be, it would be brave booking. I don't, I don't think Moxley would probably have any problems with it as long as there was a plan. But it would be brave booking from them to take, you know what I mean, to take the belt off Moxley, who all of wrestling knows, to put it on Brian Cage, where not to be disrespectful to Impact or anything like that, but a much smaller percentage of eyeballs are aware of him you know like but like you can still have john moxley um as you know in a high profile feud on the poster of every pay-per-view you're not selling tickets at the moment um like yeah, the idea true. of an actual ratings war is is not real um particularly because like they're backed by the Khans, who i believe are paying for the spot and like that money's not going to run out anytime soon. Like, and I get the feeling that Tony Khan will run this if like 50,000 people are watching or less, Yeah, maybe 50 people. Um, like John Moxley can go off and have like an intensely personal feud with someone, which he hasn't done in since, since that Twitter feud with Mick Foley, where then like it had to like Peter out because Mick <laughs> Foley was like so incredibly and obviously to any sensible person, never going to wrestle again, but Mick Foley had to actually go to a doctor and the doctor was like, what? What? No, no. <laughs> Wait, sorry, what did you ask me? To wrestle again. <laughs> <laughs> you can't walk. Michael Foley, my friend, <laughs> That's, uh, that is not happening. The, the man who can't spend a whole bunch of time on his computer due to concussions. Yeah, I know. it's it's and like because Mick Foley's the best of the best, but no, I love Mick, and um, but you know there are weird side effects. Like he is so obsessed with Christmas that his house is literally decked out in Christmas decorations all year round. Yeah, I would actually put. Yeah, that is that's yeah, that's definitely something of an adult man hit a lot in the head. I would put Mick as probably my second favorite wrestler of all time, under Brian Ooh. Cage. <laughs> <laughs> Who I think is is obvious. I walked straight into that. I was literally going to be like, "Well, who are you going to say, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels?" Well, that's why people have those cage. like people have the Mount Rushmore of wrestling, <laughs> and I have like Stone Cold, The yeah. Rock, Hulk Hogan, and yeah. Brian Cage. Yeah, yeah, of course, makes total sense. Yes, that's right. I wouldn't, I wouldn't <laughs> actually have Hulk Hogan on mine just due to the you know, it's, it's not. Well, he's no Bret. Anyway. Will <laughs> Bret Hart has to be on there. He just has to be. Bret Hart um, and Shawn Michaels has to be there, but I don't know. But like behind Bret <laughs> with a face on him, like he's scheming. I no, I want old man bald Shawn Michaels. <laughs> no, with a cross with a lazy eye. Yeah. I, <laughs> what I want is there to be like one wrestling Rushmore and then a slightly smaller wrestling Rushmore that no one's really like, that people think is like, it's carved <laughs> way better, but it's just a bit yeah. less impressive. Like, it's just like, you're just like, oh, yeah, okay. 
And like that's Shawn Michaels, where you're like, oh, he's doing another promo about like pointing at his dick. Great. <laughs> Sorry, I'll just I, I, six. No, no, I agree with everything you're saying. You're 60 years old, Sean. I, and I, you know what, Hunter and Road Dog, this goes for you as well. Yeah. I mean, I just you, recently watched an old SmackDown in which I think it must have been just before um, the Undertaker Triple H uh, WrestleMania, one of them, and the mm. Undertaker does his, like, slitting throat and Triple H does his, like, suck it thing. And then, my, like, they were going <laughs> off the air and Michael Cole goes, is that what's in the future for one of these men? And I'm like, ooh, I reckon. Either Triple H is going to die or the under... Okay. Sorry, we've gotten way off the path. (laughs) No, no, but I think that's what, you know, I think people are here just as much for the tangents as they are for the (laughs) results, you know. And you're going to cut this anyway, so... (laughs) No. Um, Good. So uh, next up, we had the main event of the evening, which was the tag team champs, Kenny Omega and Hangman Adam Page defending their belts. (laughs) Hangman uh, Adam Page defending their belts against the best friends, Chuck Taylor and Trent. Now, um, before we get into this, I just want to say that uh, Trent's mum, Sue, dropping off the best friends... (laughs) Uh, in her like Tarago minivan, <laughs> and then making Trent come back and give her a kiss on the cheek, and then saying "I love you," <laughs> and then Trent going "I love you too, mum," and then him turning around and waving as she she drove back out of the car park. Uh, might be my favorite wrestling moment of the year. Well, this is the thing. I sort of I watched that and I'm like, this is incredible. And has AEW been doing, like, people driving to the arena in trucks just to pay it off with this? Is this why, like, every single wrestler seems to own some variation of the same truck? That, like, you can be like, hey, it's me, the Butcher and Blade. Um, (laughs) Hey, it's me, the Butcher and the Blade. (laughs) Or, like, Cody's there and he, like, drives slightly up to the ring then gets out of his car and runs at them and, like, FTR have have a truck. Like yeah, they do. They all have their own little like wrestling mobiles. It's hilarious. and like if that's the payoff, that's just wonderful. Yeah, I feel like that's this is why. Well, this is what I love about Orange Cassidy and the Best Friends. Like there is, it's it's just it's so dumb. Like it's and they but they just don't take themselves seriously. They're everything that Jim Cornette hates about. AEW and indie wrestling like they're constantly like winking at the camera and like not you know like nudge nudge wink wink mm. isn't this funny sort of thing and uh, like I don't want that in every match but if there's one team that does that if there's one group of wrestlers that do that I'm down absolutely and this was this was a great example of it like it's just fun you know things are shit the world is really shit right now. Mm-hmm. And so, like, for me to laugh at something on TV, that's really nice. So I appreciate the best friends doing that today. Agreed. I thought it was fantastic. <laughs> um, I feel like this match kind of suffered a little bit from the opening match uh, where we were, it was really being shoved down your throat of, like, this is a 
big time match and these guys are going to go really hard. And I'm not saying that they didn't and I'm not saying that it wasn't a, a good match, but it just, again, I don't know, there was just something... I, towards the end of the match, I, I got sort of suckered into it and was really like, oh, best friends might win here. But I think it was, for me, it was the overall or the sort of impending feeling that Hang, Hangman mm. and uh, Kenny were going to win. Yeah, absolutely. And like I, like I sort of hoped at, at one point, I was like, oh, you know, hopefully they take the titles off them. Um, I don't, I think that... Um, there's a chance that, like, remember when AJ Styles went to the WWE and it was, like, AJ yeah. Styles' best wrestler in the world and mm. then he just didn't have a great match ever again? Yeah. Um, and I think... <laughs> oh, that's not bad again. Well, like, he, like the obviously, like, the graveyard match, all that kind of stuff is, like, all good and well. But, like, I think, like, as, like, having a great match, he, the guy was unbelievable for a period there and, like, he just hasn't been at that level yeah, and like I, 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 yeah, I take your point. And like, the, you know, point. The, besides the occasional Finn Balor or Daniel Bryan match, yeah, you know, I understand what you say. But like, uh, maybe maybe Kenny Omega has hit that age where it's like he's it's gone. Like he's just he had his really incredible run in New Japan, and now he's enjoyable. But it's just a bit mm. like I don't know his style. I I, I don't know. I just I I don't. I haven't loved watching him. And, like, I've enjoyed the match. Like, you know, the Moxley matches were really, really good. Um, yeah. He's never bad. Um, but I don't know. It just it just seems like he's missing that best bout machine. Yeah, I get, I get what you're saying. Whereas Hangman um, is an absolute fucking star. Yeah, he really is. He really is. I, I was... Genuinely disappointed that Best Friends didn't win this. Mm. I did sort of have a feeling that maybe, you know, on the back of Orange Cassidy getting over and them being a little team, that maybe you put the belts on Best Friends and yeah, you know, um, and I just and I, I I'm ready for the Hangman Omega yes feud yeah right like I'm I'm. Well, this is I'm Kenny's pretty hungry for that. Ken, this is Kenny's opportunity to really like make a star out of Hangman. Um, yeah, and yeah, I just I I thought AEW the one thing they don't do very well is once someone loses at their championship opportunity, sort of following up with that. Um, like you know, I think you know Lance Archer's just like sort yeah. of. Barely there, barely relevant. Um, I, 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 off the top of my head, I can't think of anyone great. Uh, Brody, Brody, Lee, Brody Lee, yeah, is probably another example. Yeah, um, they just sort of they appear and then disappear, um, or just lose sort of momentum or like what they're actually trying to do. Yeah, and uh, I hope that doesn't happen to best friends. No, me either. I don't think so. I think they've probably got. There seems to be enough creativity within that little triangle of dudes to to keep them relevant, and people love them as well. And I think that's probably the reason why we haven't got Omega and uh, Hangman yet, because they want to save that for crowds. But yeah. at some point, you're going to have to start pulling the trigger on some of these things because we don't know how long 
this is going to go on. You know, like if you keep putting something off, it could be a, it could be a year and a half, two years before you've got full stadiums of people. You know what I mean? Like, I mean yeah. that might be being drastic, but I'm just saying. Like it. <clears throat> um, anyway, I really wanted the best friends to win, and I'm trying to justify it by <laughs> by talking myself around it. Um, so we we had them win uh, earlier in the night. <clears throat> Excuse me, FTR. A lot of people bringing their own chairs out to the stage it's tonight. It's a very as well. sort of Christopher Nolan style thing. <laughs> yeah. um, so uh, I liked FTR's little touch of having the uh, beach debt, like beach chairs or whatever they're called, like um, well, beach chairs, right? Yep. Um, and uh, they brought some beers out, which came into play here because they came down with a couple of spare beers to give to Paige and um, Omega for winning, to congratulate them. Uh, now, this is where things got a little bit weird for me. I don't know whether you felt the same way. The So they handed the beers. Hangman takes the beer mm. and is like, thanks very much, which makes sense, right? And Kenny Omega is like, who doesn't drink as far as I'm aware. Yes, I think that's right. Uh, do, like he's tentative about taking the beer, then he takes, he has a tiny sip, and then just pours it out, which is a sign of really like an ultimate disrespect. Apparently, um, FTR get really angry. Somehow, the young bucks have a spidey sense about this <laughs> because they're halfway to the ring before, like, just as FTR are getting angry about this, and then they break up a possible fight um for some reason and then they kind of split off into threes so hangman's kind of on the side of ftr and then you've got the elite Mm. sort of facing off which don't get me wrong uh because i did send you a message during the week um saying it's happening it's happening the four horsemen are happening this is not a drill (laughs) um which seemed to tickle you quite a bit. And I feel like maybe Hangman Page is the fourth member of the Horsemen. So you're saying Cody, FTR, and Hangman. Hangman Page. Ha- Hangman Page. Hangman's Page, sorry. I keep mispronouncing <laughs> that. Um, that would be sick. That would be really cool. <laughs> would be pretty rad. Um, what did you think of this little bit at the end? I, I thought it was a bit I, I, messy. I just, I, I just see them break. Yeah, I, I, I didn't, I don't know. Like, you don't need to do any more to show that there are tensions between Kenny and Hangman and, like, it was just a bit of a weird, like, the whole thing was weird. Like, FTR kind of looked like yeah. enormous knobs. Kenny looked like an enormous knob. Um, the Young yeah. Bucks always look like enormous knobs. <laughs> um, <laughs> that should be their new tag team. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It didn't it didn't do it for me. Um No. But I did like overall I liked the night. Um yeah. and I'm pretty excited about next week. Yeah, same. Like I think Jericho, Orange Cassidy. Let let's quickly actually I've got it in front of me, so let's let's okay. quick if, if you're cool with uh yeah. tell me if you're interested or not interested in these matches. Uh, okay. Chris Jericho versus Orange Cassidy. I think everyone knows. 
my feelings on that match. Very interested. We're aware. So on the on the scale of of one to Brian Cage, you're Brian Cage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I must annoy people so much. Um, Lance Archer with Jake Roberts in brackets versus Joey Janela. Uh, I like Joey Janela. So there's 50% of this I'm I'm into. And I like Jake the Snake. Lance Archer hasn't done anything for me. I want to like Lance Archer yeah. a lot. That's how yeah. I feel about Lance Archer. People I respect, people's people whose opinion I really respect really like Lance Archer out of Japan. Mm-hmm. So I'm not I haven't completely written him off, but um I just haven't seen anything that's really got me I like that promo where he's just like in the bush. Yeah, like yeah, the the weird, but that yeah, that was more Jake the Snake as well. Um, yeah, match three, Nyla Rose with a like you know how she's got this secret coming and TBA. Yeah. I'm assuming this secret is uh, Awesome Kong, by the way, but maybe I'm wrong. Um, are you Ooh. excited by Nyla Rose versus TBA? If it's Awesome Kong, yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm into that for sure. Cool. Um, uh, if it, if it's just some sort of screwy schmoz thing to fill time, then no. Yep, I think that's. But AEW that. don't really do that much, so no, they don't. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, even even like they try, even if it ends up not being great. Oh yeah. God! Um, the Dark Order: Brody Lee, Stu, Stu Grayson, and Colt Cabana versus SoCal Uncensored. Those three. Um. You want to yeah, like it because of Colt Cabana? I can feel it in you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I really like Colt Cabana a lot. Um, but there's so much else cancelling that out. You know what I mean? Like yeah. my love, my love for Colt Cabana is really strong, <laughs> and I am kind of interested in in this. You know, I I don't mind the storyline with the Dark Order, but anything mm. as soon as you mention so like SCU, I'm out. Mm. Uh, yeah, no, <laughs> no, I'm not that interested. I will watch that match. That's what I have to say about it. Yeah, um, maybe not very close. I'm hoping to be pleasantly surprised, but I don't think I will be. Um, I don't feel that I really need to ask this one. Um, FTR and the Young Bucks versus Butcher and the it's us, Butcher and the Blade, and uh, <laughs> Brothers. It's us, Butcher and the Blade. And Lucha Brothers. Um, <laughs> and which, Lucha Brothers. Which is, please uh, like, give them new music that opens with that. <laughs> it's us, Butcher and the Blade. <laughs> um. <laughs> it's like Road Dogs, but better. Yeah, I know, right? Um, yeah, man. This, this Not to shit on Butcher and the Blade, which we do a lot since last week, but... Um, it it does very much feel like that old Sesame Street thing of like one of these things is not like the other. Yeah. Um, there's three there's three tag teams that are like Jesus, like maybe the three best tag teams in the world, um, and then us Butcher and the Blade. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'm really into this. I'm really into it. Yeah, it'll be good. Um, and finally. Uh, Will Butcher and the Blade bring FTR's truck back? That's the, like, remember that? They nicked the, oh, yeah. the Lucha Bros and Butcher and, Butcher and the Blade ran off with their van. 
well, I don't know. There's so many like trucks and vans in there. <laughs> I know. You could almost have a truck slash van division. All I want is a match on top of a stadium with monster trucks. <laughs> Obviously, that's all I want. I'm pretty sure I've said it before. Yeah. It's a key reference <laughs> for me. Anyway. Um, Kenny Omega and Adam Page versus Private Party with Matt Hardy. Yeah, that'd be a good match. Yeah. I hope yeah. that Private Party win. Like, if they're given that they've now sown the discontent, if they're going to do another match, like, this is a, like, yeah. given they've got two hours, it's like, I want to see Chris Jericho and Orange Cassidy for half an hour. Lance Archer can go for five minutes. That's fine. Nyla Rose can go for five, ten minutes. That's fine. Dark Order can go for five, ten minutes. FTR, like, the, the eight-man tag might need 45 minutes. And Kenny Omega versus Private Party probably needs half an hour. So it's going to be a pretty, like, tight... Something's going to have to schmoz, is what I'm saying. Yeah, that's probably where uh, Nyla Rose comes in. Yeah. Like, Lance Archer might kill Joey Janela in a minute. Like... No! (sighs) What's what's all the... What's been... What's the point of all the promos if all of a sudden you just get Lance Archer to kill Joey Janela? And we need six minutes of Taz and Brian Cage as well. (laughs) <laughs> i just i just imagine you in a creative meeting it's like wrapping up and then you go um guys i don't see taz and brian cage on here for next week surely we're having 10 to 15 minutes of that right <laughs> and then everyone looks around nervously uh yeah okay he, he goes crazy if we don't put brian cage on well, it's my, my version of The Simpsons. When Brian Cage isn't on the screen, people should be asking, where's Brian Cage? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, we have fun watching wrestling. We really do. Yes. Um, yeah, look, I, I am... I, look, if I'm being super honest, I was probably a little bit disappointed with the output from AEW tonight, but... In their defense, because it had sort of been billed as a pay-per-view quality Mm. event, um, and if this was a pay-per-view, we'd only be halfway through it. Yeah. So, um, and it feels like they kind of have stacked the card a little bit for next week. So, um, it's also a shame that Cage and Mox isn't happening, because I think that would (laughs) have... Gone like minutes. genuinely without you <laughs> without you going uh you know of course uh i think a lot of people would have been into watching that like that is a bit of a dream match you know like impact one of impacts big guys and an xwwe guy and you know both in aw now like um and taz taz is the best he's so good I do genuinely need like you could quite easily have half an hour of taz every week and i'd I'd be fine with that. Who who better than Brian Cage? <laughs> um, all right, well, I think we could probably wrap that up there, man. But, uh, yeah, let's – hopefully next week is slightly better. Agreed. Um, and, uh, yeah, we can uh, talk about Brian Cage, Orange Cassidy, and us, Butcher and the Blade. All right, man. Goodbye. Bye.